Hi, everyone, and welcome to Millennium Live, our digital diary podcast. We sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation. From retail to travel to financial services, Agency Within is a full-service digital marketing agency, and we got to sit down and chat with Joe Yakowell, founder and CEO. We dive right in to discuss the ever-changing digital marketing landscape and how brands can stay relevant among their competition. Joe also told us that his employees are now all wearing Nike sneakers due to the most rewarding brand success story that Agency Within has been a part of. Hi, everyone. I am here with Joe Yakwell. He is the founder and CEO of Agency Within. Thanks so much for chatting with us today. My pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So you've created a fantastic and successful career. Tell us how you did it and what are you guys striving for in, in the new year? Yeah, so uh, I really love what we built here mainly because um, we were able to kind of build the culture here from scratch um, versus prior to, to starting this company. Being part of another organization, you're kind of molding into the existing culture. And I, and I think um, the personality that we have as a company is something that really sets us apart, um, not just externally with our clients, but with our employees as well. So that's probably the thing that is most fun for me in, um, in you know, being part of this company as we continue to scale. And you know, we're really t- trying to take that into 2020 in a bigger way by focusing on more strategic initiatives. I think if you look at our company lifecycle, we started out really to service clients in a way that no other performance marketing company was ever doing or able to do. It was a lot about operational kind of growth and efficiency uh, and implementing processes along the way where we're just now kind of going into maybe you can call it our uh, you know adolescence or, or, or starting to approach our, our teens in the sense that you know, we're, we're really now geared for growth in a way that is very different than before and not only growth, but growth specifically with larger enterprise brands. Um, you know, we have been working with Nike for about a year and a half, uh, and that's really taught us a lot about what it means to work with a global enterprise brand who has people across the world, the country, and, and in different departments. And it's been an amazing experience working with them and, and clients like Hugo Boss and Spanx and Shake Shack and, and really trying to take that into next year in a big way. Great. So where does this passion for marketing come from? Has it been in your DNA? Did you have a certain experience that kind of triggered it? (laughs) Yeah, I think marketing in digital formats in particular, but also outside of digital formats is so interesting to me because it's a combination between persuasion and data. And I think that getting not only a person, but, but masses to take an action uh, and figuring out how to do that and how to leverage data to make that more efficient or better or bigger is just super fascinating to me because you're still dealing with people, but you're able to deal with people in a way that is both at scale and personalized at the same time. And it is truly one of the most pure forms of competition in the sense that if you look at, especially with brands like, you know, Hymns and Keeps and Roman, as an example, we're dealing with brands that are essentially selling the same type of generic product but the brand is what sets them apart and how they message that brand and how they reach people and the way that they use the differences between channels and audiences and targeting and creative and messaging are what make or break those companies relative to each other. I think that's just a perfect example of how this is truly a game that we're all playing and it's a game that never stops. And when you compare it to other things, the most similar analogy would be you know, financial markets like commodities or currencies or equities. And even those markets have downtimes. 
um, where marketing literally doesn't have a downtime, meaning it doesn't matter if it's Christmas Day or New Year's Eve. These ads are still running and media is still being traded. Uh, and, and for those reasons, it's just really fascinating for me. Sure. So as we talk about digital and this really ever-changing marketing world, <laughs> what are the major focuses that are driving change today? Yeah, I think there's a few things that are driving change. Uh, I would almost look at it from two different angles. People have historically dealt with, especially these these larger enterprise brands, have historically dealt with the major kind of big media houses um, who have many different subsidiaries and different groups for different types of things. And, you know, they're sitting with like a WPP or someone similar. I think that those large, you know, holding companies have really lost touch with what's actually happening in the market. And for that reason, you're finding even really large brands coming to smaller shops that are more specialized and really have a pulse on what's happening, not just with the consumer, but with the channel partners as well. So I think from that angle, there's a really big shift happening where we talk to brands that maybe five years ago would have never talked to us, but are now actually seeking somebody like us and purposely not looking at these larger holding companies because they don't feel like they're getting the service or the the performance that they're looking for. Uh, I think there's also, from a completely different perspective, a lot of change happening around some of the channels themselves. So linear TV is something that barely changed over the last decade. OTT is the future. And even linear TV will start to look like OTT more and more over time. And when you think about mass media channels in digital, there's really only two players that have massive scale, and it's Facebook and Google. Uh, of course, you have Bing search engine and Yahoo search, and you have Snapchat and Pinterest and TikTok and Twitter. But for the purposes of direct response marketing, you know, it's really Google and Facebook. And when you think about the next frontier of where brands go once they start to saturate those channels, it's really TV, but they lose all of those capabilities that they're used to. They don't get micro-targeting and they don't get real-time feedback loops and they don't get conversion tracking. And all of those things are part of how these brands think about the world. Uh, and OTT actually can deliver on most or all of those things in different ways. Uh, and I think eventually you'll be in a place where even if we're both watching actual live linear TV um, and I'm watching, you know, Channel 5 ABC in the same city as you, we'll be seeing completely different ads because they're going to be completely personalized and it'll function much more like digital media. And that's kind of that next frontier that we're really looking forward to. And we've been playing a lot in the OTT space for that reason. So brands really being able to invest in this digital marketing strategy is just so important right now, it seems. <laughs> exactly. So how do you think that brands can stay relevant, especially when there is so much competition out there? Yeah. So I think relevancy comes from a place of having a really good value prop and having a unique brand. I was talking to a merchandiser once um, in fashion and they mentioned that like the holy grail of what they tried to do in design and, and in apparel was you should be able to rip out the label of the piece of clothing and show it to somebody who is at least somewhat familiar with your brand and they should know that it's your brand and not and it couldn't possibly be anyone else's. Uh, Alice and Olivia is a client of ours, and I think they're an amazing example of that. Like their brand and their style is so unique where it's not necessarily about the photo shoot that makes it Alice and Olivia, but even just the piece of clothing itself. Like I can hold an Alice and Olivia shirt in front of you, and you would not think that it's from J. Crew or, you know, from some other brand. 
that's a great example that you can use as an analogy here about staying relevant. I think that brands have gotten complacent when media was cheap and easy of, hey, my strategy is that I sell products on a website and I serve ads on Facebook and I make money, right? And that actually did work five years ago and that doesn't work today. And if you take that analogy of that uniqueness to digital media and and how to stay relevant in front of consumers, you need to have something to say that consumers care about and you need to say it in a way that could only be said by you. So the way that we talk to clients about that from a creative perspective is if I show your Facebook ad or your Instagram ad and I cover the logo, which in the case of an ad on Facebook or Instagram is like your handle or your Facebook page, would the consumer know that that was your brand and not possibly anyone else's? And if that's not yes, then how can you possibly stay relevant in front of that consumer if there's nothing unique about what you're saying or how you're positioning your brand in the first place? And that's where brands need to get really honest with themselves and take a hard look at their media that they're running and not only focus on who they're serving it to and how they're bidding on it, which are the media dynamics that are, of course, very important and a big part of what we do, but also from a creative perspective in getting somebody's attention when the fast, the speed of feed is so fast the average person spends 1.7 seconds on an ad in Facebook or an Instagram. If you're not capturing their attention in that first one or two seconds, they're gone. Right. Um, so stay relevant by being at the right place at the right time from a media buying perspective, but having the right message that's unique to you. That's really great. So you were able to join us at the Digital Marketing and Digital Retail Transformation Assembly. You were in and out of uh, meetings with our C-suite attendees. So is there anything specific that you gained from our program? Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that's really challenging with the clients that we work with is, is actually not that it's hard to get the person we're working with on board with strategy, even if that strategy is truly transformational, but in moving the organization to do that as a whole. And where we see that showing up most often is in the fact that a lot of these larger companies are structured in a way that doesn't allow people to do what's best for the business because they're so siloed and graded on what's best for some kind of subset or silo within that organization. We see this come in the form of online to offline, which is one of the most frustrating because it's like, hey, we have this website over here and we have these stores over here, but do what's best for the website, even if it's bad for the stores, because that's how I'm great and that's what I care about or vice versa. Um, and when you think about the mathematics behind this, a lot of times there are campaigns that for example, generate five orders online and two orders offline. There's another campaign that generates five orders offline and two orders online. But maybe there's this third campaign that generates four orders online and four orders offline. Now you have this scenario where the online budget goes to that first campaign type. The offline budget goes to that second campaign type. But in reality, this third campaign type goes nowhere because it's a little bit worse for each individually, but much better for the company as a whole. And when you think about that, like that's a real life scenario that has monumental implications to how budgets allocated and how much revenue a company is able to deliver and getting companies to start thinking about their business holistically, whether it's the difference between online and offline or another way we see it is the difference between what they call branding or performance marketing. And those should not be mutually exclusive things, right? Like we care about revenue and profitability and customer acquisition and loyalty that happens online and it happens offline for brands that are omni-channel. And when you think about marketing and and persuasion and, and awareness, brand marketing and performance marketing go hand in hand. And those being treated as two separate initiatives with two separate budgets and two separate creative strategies 
is a really big waste of time, attention, and media. And that's where brands can make outsized impacts in their organizations is by getting better alignment that's more holistic to the business rather than an individual's you know, P&L on a subset. So we were talking earlier that Agency Within is now on its fifth, fifth year, right? Yep. Um, It'll be fifth year in March, so it's coming up. So there's got to be a rewarding story, a success story that you guys have had that kind of comes to mind. Yeah. So, I mean... Working with Nike is amazing. They're an iconic brand. I think it's like any marketer's dream to work with a brand like Nike. And we started working with them a little over a year ago and, and got started on just an individual campaign for a particular shoe launch and really expanded that um, where we're now running uh, digital media with them across all the major platforms from search to social to display and, and supporting them with, with web and app and stores. So it's been an amazing experience working with them. And, and like I said, we learned a lot from them in, in how we operate and how we need to operate to, to satisfy the needs of a brand of their scale. But we're also able to bring things to the table from smaller challenger brands um, that can help even you know large behemoths like Nike. So I think seeing what we've been able to do for their business and, and what they've been able to do for our business, it's truly a partnership. And uh, we don't look at it like we're a vendor. Uh, and I don't think they look at it that way either. And I think that's why it's been such a big success for, for both of us to be working together. Sure. Does everyone around the office wear Nike now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all do. Um, I'm wearing Nike all the time. Uh, so uh, it, it's it's funny because when we first started working with them, they were telling us that in a legitimate you know, part of their revenue also comes from Nike employees. Um, mm. And of course, they have tons of employees and, and people who start working for Nike start buying a lot more Nike. And even though we're not employees of Nike, just being partners of them, I've spent a lot more on Nike <laughs> as has the office. And um, we've gotten some customized like Nike fleeces with our logos on them and gotten oh, nice. some, some stuff like that <laughs> for the office and for, for people on the team. So, so certainly uh, a lot of Nike in my closet, more than my wife likes to store yeah. <laughs> in a Manhattan apartment. But yeah, really. <laughs> so we're at the end of 2019. We're gearing up for 2020. Is there a tip for marketing executives that you could give as we go into the new year? I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I think the biggest takeaway for me in terms of how brands need to start thinking is have strategies for testing while you have strategies for kind of the tried and true portions of your business and do that in a way that's holistic for the business and brand and performance marketing being combined into you need to do both at the same time um, is is incredibly important and what you're able to do today with with social channels and, and with mobile as a medium is those two things at the same time and it's not a nice to have it's not like oh that would be great it's like that's a necessity and if you look at the d- dynamics and I talked about earlier how you know we're all kind of playing this game. And if if you think about social media, the game we're all playing is really revolving around who has the largest addressable market, who has the best conversion rate, uh, and who has the highest lifetime value. And if you can nail all three of those things, you win, right? It's just a matter of fact. It's it's math. Um, So not everyone is going to score amazingly well in all three of those things. That doesn't mean that you're a failure, but the more you can maximize all three, the better. It's really hard to maximize conversion rate and lifetime value within your addressable market if you're not able to both build an emotional connection with the consumers and at the same time drive them down the funnel and have them understand your value prop in a way that allows them to shop. So if every brand could just get a lot smarter and better at both 
delivering on an experience that has an emotional connection while also delivering value prop that leads them down the product discovery pathway, then they'll find that their marketing dollars go a lot farther for them. Well, we're looking forward to keeping up with Agency Within for the next five years and 10 years and beyond. Uh, Thank you, Joe, so much for chatting with us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to listen and subscribe to our podcast exclusively on iTunes and SoundCloud to get the inside scoop from top execs in the world of digital transformation. Our next digital marketing and digital retail transformation assembly takes place on March 2nd and 3rd, 2020. Head on over to mill-all.com for more information.